Good morning, everybody. This is Judith I hope You're listening to Mad Love. Let's get into it. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys for following me on Spotify. I got a couple of more Spotify followers. Uh, if you'd like to help grow me, uh, this podcast, not me, grow this podcast on that uh, platform, I'd, I'd greatly appreciate it. Wherever you listen, I greatly appreciate it. But yeah, since Spotify is just handing out, you know, million dollar contracts, $20 million contracts, I might as well have one. I actually produce content. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, my thought today is happy Friday. You know, we're already into summer. Uh, it's starting to feel like summer in St. Louis. It's warm. But you know what? You know, everybody has goals and things they wanted to get done this year. If you feel like you haven't hit some of those targets, it's not too late. You just have to start uh, focusing on them and and doing them. And I know how hard it is because as a caregiver, I don't pay that much attention to myself. You know, I don't get that much time to think about myself. And uh, self-care is a big deal. Everybody keeps telling you that. But, you know, it's easier said than done because, you know, the sicker my mom gets, the more attention she needs. You know, there used to be times where I could, you know, I look back and I was like, I was producing music and making album covers. My music production team for all the newer listeners is called the Culper Manifest. Um, I was working with this team of very talented individuals. We were making music. Uh, we kind of all taken a break as people have gotten married, gotten kids, moved, started new jobs, doing all these different things. Um, and, you know, I was able to, you know, executive produce those projects create album covers, pick tracks, do all that stuff. I don't even know how I had time to do that because now, and I look back now and I know why, it's because now my mom can't really be alone. Like if if you're home with her, uh, you're watching her, you know, it's sort of like, you know, like a five or six year old, you know, and it's just, and instead of going up and getting more independence, it's going backwards and getting less independence. It's a tough, tough thing. But anyway, I'm not a victim. I don't feel sorry for myself. I feel like this is the right thing to do. And as soon as I can, uh, uh, and I feel that it's coming, as soon as I can amass more uh, financial energy towards this situation, I'll be able to manage it differently. Uh, so I don't feel bad for me. I'm doing what I think is the best thing to do. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm just... I don't know. I'm not like some other people. I know there are people who just throw their loved ones in facilities and never see them. I'm not judging them. I just couldn't do it that way. That's just not my personality. And I would be very upset with myself. And uh, it's a recipe for a ghost because I do believe my dad would haunt me and haunt my dreams because I wasn't uh, taking care of my mom. So anyway... um, Everybody has a unique gift or talent. I don't think people know that anymore. And I just feel like somebody should tell you that you have a unique gift and talent. You were born for a reason. And it wasn't to just, you know, get high and shoot each other in the streets. You know what I mean? Like, there's where did our aspiration go? Young people right now do not seem aspirational. Even the middle class kids they seem like they want to steal cars and possibly go to prison or, you know, it's like, what happened? You know, you'll, you'll look at, we even had a, a white kid here in a gang who wound up killing people. It's like, what, what, 
Where what happened? I'm pretty sure he didn't grow up in that neighborhood that he was frequenting, but uh, he got out there and you know I I saw that he had a couple of rap songs, and then the next thing I saw he was in the newspaper for shooting and killing two people. Uh, definitely one person. Maybe he shot and killed multiple people, but no, maybe he shot and killed one person for sure. But I thought he shot multiple people, but I can't remember. It's so many. St. Louis has some of the, the highest crime you've ever seen. And, you know, nobody wants to come on. No politician wants to come out and say we need more police because that goes against 10 years ago when they said the police were all bad with Michael Brown, which I never believed. And I lived over there. See, that's the difference. A lot of these people don't live in these communities. They call themselves transforming. And so there you have the disconnect. I was reading something yesterday, and it was all white guilt. We don't want to increase police presence because they have a, what did he call it? I can't remember what he called it, but but, but uh, basically black people don't have a great relationship with the police, which is not true. Not all black people have had problems with the police. Criminals have problems with the police. But if you go to some of these vulnerable communities, those people can't wait for the police to show up. If you're a 70-year-old woman and you've been living on a street for 10 years and then all of a sudden all these, you know, drug dealers move in, you can't wait to see the police show up. So this white guilt is basically killing black people by the ton because you've got all these philanthropists who have the money to put uh, put energy behind these anti-police movements and anti-this movement and, uh, you know, but you're not putting money into the schools. You're not helping the kids make better life decisions. You're not giving away college scholarships. You're not giving away trade school scholarships, but you're limiting the police and making sure that politicians are anti-police and you're hiring uh, prosecutors who don't have any prosecutorial experience uh, because they are anti-police and the police have been hurting black people. Like it's this weird circle jerk logic. And it's like, that's, that's not what people who are victims of these criminals feel, you know, and 90%, probably higher, 95% of black victims have usually been hurt by another black person. So, it's not helpful. White guilt is not helpful. And, you know, I think that's what drives the liberal movement. And the liberal movement has not been a friend to the black community. And Malcolm X knows it. Go look at the Malcolm X quotes on liberal, on liberal whites, as he called it. I mean, the reality is a lot of people think they know the answer, but they don't ask the people who actually are the victims of these crimes and the victims of these communities. And if you really wanted to help, that's how it's racist. Because if you really thought you could help people, you would have transformed public schools by now. You would have transformed, uh, you would make life look appealing to these young people that you think are uh, vulnerable and aren't capable of pulling themselves out of a bad situation. You don't help them do that. You just attack the police and, and then you constantly put it on the news and then you kind of like you brainwash people into thinking, you know, you're a descendant of a slave. This is as good as it's going to get for you. 
uh, and it was too bad, so sad, the police keep killing you. Good luck. But we're going to make it so that the police, we're going to neuter the police, and now you get to kill yourselves even more. Which, this sounds really dark, and I wasn't planning on podcasting about this, but it really frustrates me. I mean, like, people are like, well, we can't hire more police. Uh, Young black men don't trust the police. Well, you know what? There are a lot of young black men that are criminals, and when they call the police, they are excited to see them show up to keep somebody from hurting them. That's the whole point of the police. I get the history. I get the racist parts. I get all this stuff and reasons why people don't like the police. But in reality, what they are supposed to do is to show up and stand in the gap for you when you're in danger. And I've called the police plenty, and they've helped. Not every encounter is Michael Brown. And for some reason in St. Louis, you cannot say you like the police or you want good police protection when you so sorely need it because of Michael Brown. Well, guess what? I lived near Ferguson. I know how people interact with the police over there. And I know some of the police are not great. And I know there are some good police officers, people who actually really want to help you in a crisis. And we have to have some more common sense, logical uh, answers to these problems, or they're only going to get worse. You know, you've got a whole culture that just encourages people to get drunk and shoot and kill each other for fun. Like, I've seen kids showing up to parties with the guns out. They showed up to the party for smoke. They didn't show up there to have fun. This is at a crisis level, not only in St. Louis, but across the country. And no one seems to want to fix the real problems, you know, because no one wants to talk about the real issues of poverty and the hopelessness and the fact that some of these people's parents are 13, 14 years older than them. Some of these people's parents have been career criminals themselves. And nobody wants to say that because that sounds rude. And that's, you know, we can't talk about that. It's almost like when I was working at a prestigious university here many years ago, I was a 23 Howard grad and my coworker was like a, like a 70 year old white female, had grown up fairly wealthy. She had grown up in the neighborhood I grew up in, but before all the white people moved out. (laughs) So she was you know, she had a a view of the world, and I know she worked hard to not come off like a racist. Fine. Great. So one day we were trying to locate somebody, and she was trying to make me understand who she was talking about. And we were looking at a crowd of students, and she just kept saying everything but, but black girl. She was like, oh, she's right over there. She's got a blue book bag. She got on a red. And I'm like, who? I don't see. that. Like, that could be at least three or four people who, who finally I was like, do you mean the black girl? And she was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, why did you just say that? If you had said that first, I would have, we wouldn't have been standing here this long. I mean, I think people don't know what's rude. That's not rude. And that's not racist. That's a descriptor. She's black. You didn't judge her. You didn't call her in a, a name. You didn't use a racial slur. It's okay to say she's black. And I feel like those are the types of people that are trying to um, change the narrative, except they don't understand how to do it. But we give them all the power and they have the money to buy the power. And, uh, you know, it's just leading to bad things. There are a lot of amazing, especially talented folks 
who don't have opportunities. Why aren't we creating opportunities? If you have all these billions of dollars, why did you decide that you had to, uh, you know, try to uh, get prosecutors? That right there is racist. Why aren't you putting that money in the schools and creating after-school programs, putting band, band back in schools, putting music back in schools, putting art back in schools? You know, if you cared so much, why won't, why don't you think you you could give them something that would make them better people? You're already assuming they're criminals. And don't say you've tried it because you haven't. They already tried. They didn't try that. You know, the more you dumb down school and no one seems to be having a problem with the fact that the kids, you know, our math scores have plummeted, but they have they weren't great before. Everyone assumed we were number one, but we were already number 25 in, in topics, you know, across the globe. You know, I just I feel like we've lost our sense of direction. Politicians have just ruined everything. Marketing has ruined everything. You know, they feed you a bunch of terrible food that's going to make you sick. And then the hospital, <clears throat> excuse me, the hospital system is so terrible now Good luck. You're on your own. You're just going to die in the woods with no feet, (laughs) which is dark, right? But we can turn that around at any time. We can turn that around at any time because I believe in you and I believe in me. I don't believe in politicians. Waiting for these politicians to figure out how to help us is the first mistake because they don't care. They don't care about you. They care about themselves. They want to be famous. They want to have a steady paycheck. They couldn't care less about serving the public. If they, if you really want to see public servitude, public blah, service come back, servitude, is that a word? I think it is. But if you really want to see it come back, don't pay them. Have a public servant actually not get paid and see how many people stay in politics. They won't. They will flee because they're not in it for you or me. They're in it for themselves and how to line their pockets. It's true, and I'm not even a cynical person. That's just the facts. I fully believe that. I've seen enough for myself to know, like, these people just do not care. They don't want to get it right. They don't care about doing a good job. They don't care about helping as many people as they can. And you can tell, except you you have been bought off by their ad campaign, so you don't seem to notice. But it's bad. It's really, really bad. And we can make the world better. We just need to give the right people power. Not politicians, not money grubbers, not thieves, not criminals. What they've done to the music industry has been horrendous. And I believe a lot of what I hear about some of your favorite entertainers, I believe they've gone dark and they do dark things and they are surrounded by dark energy. And you could tell by the music. I mean, seriously, would you want to go out with Beyonce? She want to go missing and she want a prescription and she want to sit on top of, uh, I'm guessing, a man. So that sounds terrifying to me. <laughs> I don't want to go out with nobody like that because like, you might not make it home. What happened to being crazy in love? That is gone. And really, those wholesome Destiny's Child songs, they were, you know, can you pay the bill? All that sass, can you pay the bill? Now she like, I want to go missing. I want a prescription. Okay, that sounds terrible and frightening. If you go out with her, you might get kidnapped and not make it home. 
<laughs> She's like Alexis Rose. <laughs> you know, when I was in Kuwait in the trunk of that car with Beyonce. Yeah, she got some wild stories. Alexis Rose from Schitt's Creek, the poorly named but hilarious television show that you should watch. All right, everybody. I went on a rant that I did not intend to go on. But you're beautiful. I believe in you. I have hope for you. I'm excited for your future. We're going to snap out of this. You know, I'm sorry those dudes died in that submersible thing. But as soon as I heard that they were missing, I knew they were dead. And we all did. Come on, let's be honest. You know, the thing was not super scientific. And the way it was put together, This I would never do that. I'm going to tell you this. If you hear that I die that way... I was a hostage. I would never, ever, ever get in anything like that. I don't think I'm claustrophobic, but that would make me claustrophobic. And on top of that, who wants to go in the ocean? It's when something goes left like that, and there's no way you're going to recover. And it looks like the thing imploded, and that poor kid who's on there. Apparently, he didn't even want to go, but his dad was like, please, for a Father's Day gift. And that's when you know you have too much money. And I'm not that person. I believe everybody should have money. But when you have $250,000 to do that with it, that's the best you can think of to do with it. And you get drag your son in it, who's 18. Just on the strength that something could go wrong, I wouldn't want him to be down there with me. You know, it's not fair. I've lived my life, and here's my son down here, 18, with the world ahead of him. And I got him down at the bottom of the ocean looking at this old-ass relic of a boat. Why do people care so much about the Titanic? I really don't get it. It sank. It sunk. It failed. It didn't have the epic voyage that they said it would. It sunk. So let it be sunk. Why are people? Watch the movie. That was good enough. I was in steerage. Watch the movie. It's three fucking hours long. It's very well done. James Cameron, he showed out. He did a good job. But you don't need to get on no little thing and go down there and look for yourself. What do you think it's going to look like? I'm just, I don't understand people. Like, what? why does that even sound fun? How is that your life's mission? And it was, the company was called Ocean Gate. That sounds like a cult right there. I wouldn't, mm-mm. Listen, I, I can spend $250,000 on a lot of good stuff, and none of it would be that. I would never, ever, ever do that. And if you know me, you know that I'm telling the truth, and you know that if you hear that I died like that, I was held hostage, and I probably made the thing blow up myself because I wanted out of there. So anyway, God bless the dead. That I don't understand that. And I hope this is the end of us hearing about people going on little homemade ships to go down to see the thing. Why do you what do you think it's gonna look like? Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio aren't down there. What are you doing? Why do you need to see it? I don't understand. It's a rusted old boat. I don't get why people I don't get the, the lure the lure or the excitement or the lore even of Titanic. It wasn't a successful voyage. And I'm not sure why that means so much to some people. Like, we got to get down there and see. 
you know what? I, I'm going to live my whole life and never have seen that thing. The movie was good enough. When Leonardo DiCaprio was on that, uh, was sitting outside that little piece of wood and Kate Winslet was on that little piece of wood, that's enough. When he goes down and up, there you go. Here you up. That's what happens. I'm good. Everybody have an amazing weekend. Amazing. Fall in love with your life, your friends, the flowers, the joy, the heat. Grab yourself a cold one. And just take a minute or two to just take it all in and enjoy it. God has been good to us. This is a beautiful world despite some nasty, ugly people. Most of us are good. Most of us are kind. Most of us are thoughtful. And like, let's just enjoy the people who enjoy us. Let's love the people who love us. And that first person you should be in love with completely is you. So let's just do that. Fall in love with you. I love you. And I love me too. I am my number one fan. I say the most kind, thoughtful, encouraging things to myself. And I guess that's part of the my survival strategy for being a caregiver. I don't beat myself up. One of my friends was like, make sure you give yourself some grace. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said what she meant. I was like, oh, yeah, I totally do that. She said something like, don't be hard on yourself if you can't do more. I'm like, oh, no, I don't do that. I know I can't do more. (laughs) I'm very kind to myself, and I know my limitations. And I'm pretty much at them. So show yourself some grace. Fall in love with your life. And uh, enjoy your weekend. Thank you.